You are listening to Faithless Brewing, a Magic the Gathering podcast for the Spike Rogue. Each week we design new decks for tournament play. We put our creations to the test and share our findings on the air. Coming up on the brew session, Jimmy Faye is having a party and everyone is invited. It's time to find out the truth about cats and dogs, with new brews for token decks in Modern and Pioneer. That's all coming up on Faithless Brewing. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show! Welcome to the Faithless Brewing Podcast. I am your host, Dan Schriever, also known as Cave Dan Online, and I am joined today by my guy from Argentina. You know him as Mord to Light, it's Emmy Sagasti. Emmy, welcome. Heyo. Hey, Dan. How is it going? Really excited to be here for these sort of episodes. I think it's likely my favorite thing to discuss for like an hour, how to make bad decisions. <laughs> Today's a fun one. Today we are talking about the winning card from our monthly project, which if you have been listening to the last few episodes, you know we've got a new project going up with the CRM Visions gang and the people in our Faithless Brewing Discord community in which we pick a card every month, spend a few weeks iterating on it, testing out different versions, and trying to arrive at something mildly playable. Yeah. Sometimes we just reach mildly, sometimes we reach something amazing, and there's no way to know until we go through a ton, a really shit ton of bad decisions in the, in, the, in, the, in the way. And the best part about it for me is the voting, because people in our Discord get to nominate the cards, and then we have like a week-long period where everyone votes, argues over like this or that thing, makes impassioned pleas for... <laughs> You know, why this or this card is... To convince their fellows about, guys, this is the way. We gotta make dogs and kittens. (laughs) And sometimes easy arguments are the best arguments. So we already announced the winner this time. Ginny Faye, Jetmere second, if you look at the episode title. No surprise there. But, Emmy, walk us through how this vote went. So, there's one card that got particularly close that was... Shigibuigi's choice. Not only the one he voted, but also the one he nominated. Which is a bit of nepotism <laughs> if you want to talk about it, but I'm not, not going to get into the details. Reality Cheap got number second by only four votes. This voting got a lot of people in. Around seven, almost 70 people vote? 69 responses, yeah, which is, I think, the highest we've had. E- excellent, got done to say the number. Nice. Going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so, all right, you got me. <laughs> you said fun last episode, and I got you to say that I number this one. I'm getting better by it. Shinny <laughs> Fei got 32 votes, closely followed by Reality Chip. This one was not as close as a nail biter as the last as the last voting, which was minutes away from being a three way tie. This time, Shinny Fei was the clear winner, followed by Reality Chip, which is a card we haven't. No one has actually dug a lot into besides she. We I played one of his rules once, and the card is insane when going off. But besides the random play in Esper Hammers, I have not seen much of the card on its own. 
it does feel underexplored for that reason. Like because it had a brief run of success in the blue white hammer decks, people sort of understood, okay, this is an acceptable card on the modern power level, maybe, but it hasn't really found any other homes. Blue white stoneblade, I don't really see it there as part of the Stoneforge package. Jiggy Wiggy tried it in his Underworld Breach combo deck, and he said it ultimately like wasn't quite the right fit. It's hard to find a deck that has the capability of equipping it, a cheap enough mana cost in your deck, and enough creatures that you can A play it and B get enough out of it. That's where the balance has been tough to find. The last time that I tested this card was in a Bant Tezzeret Betrayer of Flesh brew that David had drawn up where we were trying to use Tezzeret static to make the equip cheaper and then we were trying to like crack a bunch of clues off tireless tracker it was a good time um <laughs> i think david's excited about this card so we might just do like a one-off segment on it i know this is going to be jenny fay a month but some of these next runners up were also very very interesting exactly so the plan will be try to give them a segment or an episode to this card and the choo choo come third card Pretty close to the number fourth is Moderation, which is the card I'm, part, I'm personally most excited about to work around a bit. Just because it's not only an underexplored card, the only person that has explored it got a 5-0 and it's our, one of the members of our Discord. Hey, Courier. <laughs> um, a bit of an explanation of why it's the fact... The thing I love the most about Magic is trying to transform a downside into an upside. Just look at one of my favorite cards, which is Wasteland Strangler. Yeah, I suppose you could think of moderation that way. Moderation, enchantment, Modern Horizons 2, one, white, blue. It says you can only play one spell per turn. In exchange for living with that drawback, you get to draw a card whenever you play a card, uh, which if you're an ancient boomer like myself, we call that, you know, recycle, essentially, Wait, or null profusion, if you prefer. <laughs> I'm just I, saying I, this to throw Emmy off. He's like, what are you talking about? I know neither of those, those cards. Unless Null Profession is the bad card that was played in the sideboards of Mono Black Cabal. Is it? Unless. The, yes, it is. I have seen this card. This card was played against me a few days ago. You've played against Null Profusion in the last week? It's in the sideboard of Black Offers. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, that's the um, Planar Chaos color shifter version of the original card, Recycle, from Tempest or Stronghold or something, just like an ancient card. You know, the ability to draw a card whenever you play a card is so powerful that that card costs six mana and forced you to have a hand size of two. And skip your draw step. This art is hideous. It was a different time, I mean. <laughs> this is like this. <laughs> this is beloved artist's Phil and Kaya Folio. This is Stasis level of arts. <laughs> it's the folios. You can't argue with the folios. They're the classic artists. <laughs> what is my point? The text, whenever you play a card, draw a card, is just insane. Now, obviously, Recycle counts lands and Moderation does not. But even so, like it's such an insanely powerful effect. This is a card that Sam Black worked on a ton when he was consulting on Modern Horizons 2, and he wrote a very interesting article about it uh, back when Star City still had content detailing all the different iterations they tested and like trying to like tweak the knobs to make it not too broken what they come up with what they ultimately printed is like maybe not quite powerful enough unless you really work for it and i think we want to work for it yeah there's also the fact that the number of cards that are spells that are not actually spells has increased over the years timeless dragons flame flirtle alongside <laughs> similar effects has made it so you can actually 
double triple cast without actually double triple casting. Exactly, yeah. And I think that's essential in cards like this to work because I don't care if I have 10 cards in my hand, if my opponent is going to double spell every turn and I'm stuck playing one spell, maybe that mirror shell crab cycling ability is not that bad. Yeah, so I'm spending my mana on like a channel effect and then I'm like pitching a solitude and drawing a card. Exactly. Like that. As I reach the light game where I can actually start casting a solitude plus pitching a card and slowly generating increasingly card advantage. And then I just definitely bounce my moderation when I have enough mana and spells. So I think this would be also an interesting card to do a little exploration of. Exactly. Finally, closely behind moderation in fourth place. Fourth, but not least at all, the card that I have never seen a member for Discord so devoted to and put so many hours in. We have First Renegator Devotion to Mausoleum Secrets. And did he put in the hours? Yeah, I gotta hand it to First Renegator. <laughs> I wasn't expecting much from Mausoleum Secrets, but like within days of him submitting the card, he's like, I already 5 0 with it. And I've got like eight more brews. And indeed, like he posted what I thought were just going to be deck lists, but they turned out to be like little mini essays. Like here's, <laughs> here's a concept and like, here's like three layer de- thesis on like how it compares to existing archetypes and like what you gain from mausoleum secrets, which is one in a black instant speed demonic tutor, but it only gets black cards and it only gets a CMC less than or equal to the number of creatures in your graveyard. That's the undergrowth mechanic. So it seems like it's got a lot of restrictions, but restrictions, as we know, they breed creativity, and in First Turn Negator's case, they breed some insane brews and some <laughs> slick 5 They breed insanity and devotion. Yeah, so I, I think, if only just to acknowledge the magnum opus that <laughs> First Turn Negator has produced working on this card, and he's working on like a giant article that I hope we'll see someday, uh, I think it would be interesting to spend an episode on Mausoleum Secrets as well. Exactly. Show some devotion back. Yeah. And finally, in fifth place, a surprise finish getaway card. This card was like way behind in the voting, but I think David, you know, I don't know if he had something to do with this, but he promised the people that he had a getaway card brew that when I lose, <laughs> he's going to show us that deck. He's going to play a league with it. So you'll be hearing more from getaway card at some point. I'm just surprised getaway card got ahead of cards like a fleet flame painter. That seems so much more insane. Like, from a fun aspect of the game, right? I don't know. I mean, bouncing three inspectors and attacking for four is also fun, Mm, right? Value. How can I say no to value? Exactly. So, another great round of voting. This one had a clear winner. Ginny Faye, a worthy champion, because as we started to research this card, man, like, our notes right now are enormous. I have so many cards to consider. <laughs> we have notes and bad ideas for days, but we don't have days. Yeah. We have ours. Yeah, so let's just, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Our card of the month. This is going to be our initial attempt to explore what Ginny Faye is capable of, think through like what's good, what's bad, some things to avoid. We've got, what, like five or six deck lists we want to propose? Yeah. Just to kick things off. Yeah. To get us, like, the... More than specific deck lists, what we are trying to show are the concepts we're trying to follow behind each of them. Don't think like these 60 or 40 cards are set in stone, they are rather the concept behind what we're trying to dig into. Exactly. All right, tell us about Ginny Faye Jetmere's second. So, Ginny Faye, the weird cost from New Capena, which is triple green, or Naya, or 
red and double green or double green and white because why not make a simple mana cost? <laughs> three mana, three, three elf druid. If you would create one or more tokens, you may still create that many two, two green cats or that many three, one green creatures with vigilance, dog creatures with vigilance. So it gives you the capability of transforming any token you create into a choo-choo with haste or a 3-1 with vigilance. So the Cabaretti, if I understand the lore correctly, this is like the party guilds? Or it's not yeah. a guild, it's a crime family, but they're also like classy partiers. Exactly. Somehow that involves cats and dogs. I'm not totally sure how, but Ginny Faye is like strolling in. It includes pets. It includes pets, <laughs> okay. They rent out like a cat cafe to have their, their gala. Exactly. <laughs> so she just transforms the random citizens into pets. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't it's understand what it, what's happening. Not only that, but most of the cabaret cards in the guild, like in the draft and such, make citizens. And the idea is to transform those citizens into pets. Okay. I don't know if that's right flavor-wise, but it's what it does gameplay-wise. There's a treasure token theme, but that's more in the um, Riveteers. Riveteers colors. Yeah, like to know what um, what the card does in this set, what each heal does, you have to look at the card that cycles, the one that filters your mana. Uh -huh. That tends to be the most show of proof. And this one literally makes a citizen. On TV. Like all the set, all the Riveteers is around citizen tokens and way to pump them up or, well, transform them into other stuff. Okay. So it's like a furry kind of party or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand this. It's a furry party. Okay, no, now it's a fury party, but we're not playing fury. It's a fury. Fury? How do you well, fury party. How do you add a stick on R? Furry. I can't, you have to roll the R. I can't quite do it. Furry. <laughs> like, I can do it in Spanish. It's furry. But the, the furry doesn't make sense in English. It's totally distinguished fury from furry. Oh, it's okay. I think I got it. You just did it. Yeah. Go. Okay, Fury from Fury from Fury. Okay, so we have a three mana three three with no ETV, that's a Fury, a Fury. What what do we need this Fury to do in order to be enough? I mean that that's a great question. In one sense, all we're doing is replacing a bad token with a better token. Exactly. And how much of an upgrade that is depends on how bad was the original token and how good is a 2-2 green cat with haste or a 3-1 green dog with vigilance. So we've got a bunch of cards highlighted we're going to talk through as cards to consider. But I think before we do, I just want to make sure that we understand exactly how this card works. Ginny Faye operates in our corner of the rules that I only have like a loose understanding of, namely replacement effects. So I think it might be worthwhile to just sort of lay it all out there. It will affect some of the interactions we're going to talk about. So just for starters, um, the mana cost, as Emmy mentioned, is three, but that uses red-green hybrid, white-green hybrid, or green. So you can play triple green, you can play Naya colors, you can do red-green-green, green-green-white, it's up to you. You should be a green deck. You can play yeah. any brew you want as long as it's green. As long as you're playing green, it can be Boros, Naya, or Celestia. This is technically compatible with Gigantha the Wellspring. These are all different symbols. And you can also get a maximum cost reduction off Bard class, which is a, something that I'm like somewhat interested in doing. There's a few interactions uh, we'll get to that um, I imagine having a Ginny Fee in play could like make my Bard class deck a little bit better. So that's kind of cool. But all right, that's just the mana. Let's talk about the replacement effect. 
It says, if you would create one or more tokens, you may instead create that many 2-2 green cat creature tokens with haste or that many 3-1 green dog creature tokens with vigilance. The first thing to know about replacement effects is if you have multiples happening at the same time, you get to choose in which order they are applied. The biggest thing is Academy Manufacturer. One of the best cards with any kind of token strategy. Academy Manufacturer says if you would get a clue, a food, or a treasure, you instead get one of each. So that's that instead clause, right? That tells you you're doing a replacement effect. Exactly. So let's say you had a Manufacturer and a Ginny Fay. You would want to apply the Manufacturer first to make sure you're getting three tokens, and then Ginny gives you three of either cats or dogs. Same thing with Chatterfang. Chatterfang gives you an extra squirrel or extra squirrels, depending on how many tokens you're making. You can do that first and then have Jenny Faye upgrade all of those tokens into cats or dogs, which is nice. Yeah. Also, it is worth mentioning all the tokens if they are created at the same time have to be the same. You cannot get like out of a Chatterfang, you can't get like one dog and one cat. You either get both cats or both dogs. Yeah, and I did not understand this at first, but it has to do with the phrase, if you would create one or more. So Jenny Faye just checks the entire instance of token creation. And then you say, okay, to that entire token-making event, exactly. you get to choose A, yes or no, right? It's optional. You can just keep the original tokens if you want. And B, like, okay, I do want to replace, do I want cats or dogs? And they have to either be all cats or all dogs. There's no mixing and matching. Yes. And then the messy part. Yeah. Because it never can get easier. I think everything up to this part has been clear enough. The problem is that cards that make tokens are not templated in a consistent way, right? There are thousands of cards that create tokens, and I went through Scryfall like at each mana cost looking for cards, and they're just like so many. There's literal thousands of cards that Ginny applies to. And what you have to do to understand how Ginny will affect them is like read the original card very, very carefully and figure out how much of the ability is creating the token and defining that token's characteristics and how much is just like additional stuff that also happens to the token. Ginny Fay will only replace the token-making event with a cat or a dog, and the rest of the original effect will continue to happen. What do I mean? Well, let's say you have a card that says, okay, create you know, a goblin with haste and first strike, then that goblin, you know, sacrifice it and a turn. Right? So Ginny Fay would see, okay, I'm creating a token, and it's got haste and first strike. All of that gets, zoop, replace that with a cat or a dog. But then the rest of the effect, which is sacrifice at an end of turn, would still happen. I think the key aspect is, like, let's look at the best example that you have found, which I completely agree in, which is Goblin Travel Master versus Legion Warboss. Yes. So read these cards and explain to me what I get with Jenny. Exactly. Goblin Travel Master, the first paragraph says other goblins have to attack every single turn. We don't care about it. The second paragraph is the one we care about. At the beginning of combat on your turn, create a 1-1 red goblin creature token with haste. So that card specifically, Rubble Master is creating a token that always has haste. If you were if you were going to look at the token card, like the one that came in the booster or such, it would be a 1-1 goblin with haste. That means the token itself has the haste. It is not given by any additional properties. And that's why it gets to attack that turn. When Ginny Faye creates the token, when it replaces, you just get a 2-2 cat or a 3-1 dog. It doesn't have the additional haste provided by the Goblin Rubble Master, 
because it's not giving it to the card it's creating it, it's creating a card that has haste. I don't know if that's clear. I think so. And it's a cute interaction here is that because you're getting a cat or a dog, not a goblin, your new token does not exactly. have to attack from that first clause on the Rebel Master. On the other hand, you have Legion Warboss, which reads, at the beginning of combat in your turn, same as the other, create a 1-1 one, one red goblin creature token. As you can say, the 1-1 one, one red creature token doesn't have that has haste, which means it's just creating a regular token. And secondly, that token gains haste until the end of combat turn and attacks this combat if fable. That means the token it's now creating doesn't have haste on its own, the card doesn't have haste, but the Legion Warboss ability is providing it with not only haste, but it's forcing it to attack. Which means, with Rubble Master you can get a dog and it isn't forced to attack, and with Warboss you can get a dog that has haste, but it's forced to attack. That's a huge difference. Yeah, that's a huge difference. So in general, cards that say create a token, period, and then separately give them haste, those tend to work better with Jennifer. Yeah. Like the Warboss here. So you're making some token, and then once you're done making the token, you grant it haste. And then that will that will still get haste with Jennifer. Exactly. That is the biggest difference. You have to try and find the, the different aspect in what is the token being created and what is being provided to the token by the token creator. And if you're not sure, like imagine what would happen if I cloned this token, right? Like how much of the, those properties would be on the clone copy and how much would not be, right? Some values are like not copyable. Um, for example coming into play tapped and attacking, right? That's not actually something that would be written on the card. That would just be like a separate exactly uh, status, I guess, part of the creation. What helps me the most to think about it is try to picture what specific token it's creating, right? Like, because the token in Royal Master of War was it's not the same. One is a goblin with haste, and the other is a goblin without haste. Like, the physical token, the card that would come in the booster. Try to picture that and just think, okay, that's replaced with a dog. Now what happens? I like that. That's very clean. All right. Do what Emmy said, not what I said. <laughs> Buy one of each copy of every like token that was printed in boosters, just in case. And just replace with a dog when needed. And that's specifically going to haste when we start thinking about weird tokens, like food tokens or zero zero tokens, where you really got to start making some transitive changes in your mind to figure out how it's going to work. So now that we think we understand how it works like what are some of the things we should be trying to do with Ginny Faye? like what are some of the best tokens to upgrade into cats and dogs well non-creature tokens always come cheaper than creature ones right because you will never have something like thriving inspector create a one one it creates a clue so the worst tokens per se in mana cost and the easier to make tends to be full treasures and clues and it just gets exponentially bigger with or blood tokens. But the problem with blood is it doesn't work with Academy Manufacturer, which is the one that tends to just go off the handle with this sort of stuff. Mm. So non-creature cheap to make tokens, the cycle of full treasure, clue, and blood are likely the best. Because just imagine if Travel Inspector made a 3 1 instead of a clue. Or a choo-choo haste. I am imagining that, and I have to say I'm intrigued. <laughs> like, exactly. Is that a 1 2 and a 3 1 or a 2 2 haste? Exactly, or a 3 with Vigilance that fights perfectly to the board. Volder and Epicure also seems attractive. Exact same thing, right? A 1-1, get a damage, get a 2-2 haste. Exactly. So cheap to make artifacts tend to be always those. Then you have 0-1 artifacts, 
for example, from Kalni Hard Garden or stuff like that, which aren't that easy to come by. There are a lot of tokens that produce them or cards that produce them. You have the zero zeros, which I can only think of one playable card that makes zero zero tokens. Yeah, zero ones are pretty rare. Zero zeros, living weapon comes to mind. I think any living weapon card will make a zero zero okay. germ. Yeah. So you could replace that zero zero germ with a three one. Or actually a 2-2 haste cat actually sounds kind of interesting. Imagine yeah. a better skull. Instead of a 0-0 germ, I, I get a 2-2 haste cat. Attach that to the better skull. Attack for 6. That's pretty good, actually. 6-6. Six, six, <laughs> That's a dream now. Turn 3, shiny fake as better skull. Yeah. <laughs> then you have the fractals. Yeah, fractals. Those are also 0-0s, zero, fractals. Yeah. A mass makes a 0-0. Zero, zero. Although, weirdly, the extra counters from a mass can only, go only on be zombies. put on zombies. Yeah. So you won't get to actually put the counters on the zombie token. <laughs> um, no, it, it doesn't have... I think, it's even, I think it's even weirder. It doesn't have to go on a zombie. A mass is a very strange mechanic. Like, first, it tries to put counters on a zombie, and then if it can't, if you don't no, have a zombie, it like, creates that's the key. a zombie. It isn't a zombie. It looks for an army. Oh, my mistake. Okay. That, it that, first tries to put t- counters on an army. That's so weird. That, that, exactly. That's what I was. You need to have an army creature, not a zombie creature. Okay. <laughs> like, if you look at the mechanic itself, it literally reads put plus one, plus one, plus one counters on an army you, you, you control. Interestingly, if you had, like, Dreadhorde Invasion is the card you'd probably consider here, right? This is the amass version of Bitter Blossom. If you had that with Jenny Faye, every time the Dreadhorde invasion checked to see if you have an army, you'd be like, no, you don't have one. You get a zombie army. And oh. instead of getting a zombie army, you would get like a cat or something. And then every turn, because you still don't have a zombie army, you get another token. So that's like kind of works. Except if you don't cast Jenny Faye in a timely fashion and you end up creating your first zombie army, like it no longer works. You just yeah. end up amassing counters. And you can't have any shapeshifter in your deck. Any changeling is a some is an army. So maybe not a mass. Uh, what about like decayed tokens? Decayed is kind of interesting. Those come pretty cheap. And those, yeah, those are come almost as cheap as the fruit treasure tokens. Those come really of easily. You have the two mana creature that creates one every end step. Jadar, ghoul color of Nefalia. Yeah. Why do you remember the full name? Like just Jadar would have been enough for any normal being, or the gold color, but gold color of Nefalia. do people know these cards like i honestly don't know like if i'm assuming too much familiarity with cards on like the average person listening to this cast or if i'm assuming not enough you're assuming a weird point because i assume everybody that knows it knows it as shadar well it's not just that (laughs) let's say you have to look it up like do you know how to spell jadar like we all pronounce it differently because these are made up names it's like can you find jadar Maybe you can, but if I spell it out, maybe that will make it a little easier to find. That was my thought process. The gold color of Nefalia. <laughs> okay, makes sense. And I also just want to like show off that I know the full name. Okay, that's where it goes. <laughs> can you say Asmo? Can you say Asmo now for us? Uh, we're gonna we we got a bunch of Asmo decks coming up. Perfect. Or, so, so Shadar, it's a two mana one one every step. If you don't have a, a creature with decayed, you get a two two like zombie creature with decay. The thing is, these tokens, these dogs and cats won't have the decay aspect of it, so you just get a new cat or a new dog every instant. Likely a new dog. Yeah. 
that that intrigues me. I mean, same with uh, like Rotten Reunion is a card I've played before. Startles okay. Um, Papa Stitcher. Like, I mean, these you can get a decayed zombie pretty cheaply. Yeah. And if those suddenly become like real creatures, uh, that might be worth exploring. Mm-hmm. So. So we've named like crappy tokens so far. What we haven't really talked about is like one one tokens or one one flying tokens. Once you start getting into that, like, is it worth it? The thing about one ones is that they are the easiest tokens to come by. Like, I don't have. There's no card on MTG that's like raise the alarm. You don't have two mana, make two clues, right? Wait, you don't have you have two mana. Wait. We have wave sifter. Yeah. Not only we have wave sifter, we have. Yeah, but the, the thing is, we need them to have a failsafe. Like, that's the point. Yes, we have... What's the one mana card? Um, we have hard evidence, which w- would just be amazing with Chinifei because it's one mana, six yeah. six power. But the thing against Raise the Alarm is that if you don't have Chinifei, it's an unplayable card. While something like Raise the Alarm is bad, but it's at least going to affect the board. Mm. So one once. Although weaker with Chinifei are much stronger on its own, right? In most scenarios. I suppose so. Yeah, I guess so. So that's why a lot of these no, a lot of these builds will either go for the maximize Chinifei and find ways to make sure that the cards around it make sense. Like so we have additional payoff besides Chinifei, or make sure the deck works on its own. And when it has shiny face, it gets powered up. Those, I mm. think, are the two key ro- ro- um, routes we are going to f- face when we start brewing with it. Do we make a playable deck that require that with shiny face better, or do we play a deck that requires a payoff like shiny face alongside others? And with them, it's ama- it's pretty it's amazing. All right, so I've gone through Scryfall. <laughs> I've narrowed this down to just like a hundred cards. <laughs> And of those, we're only going to talk about like, you know, I don't know, a dozen 20? 20 maybe. Yeah. Just cards I'll mention to maybe just get the juices flowing. We don't have decks for all these, but these are just cards that seem like they play really well with Ginny. They get a meaningful upgrade on the token and they're sort of playable on their own. Sometimes they're not. But... <laughs> Most of them are close. All right. I'll start with some lands. Yeah, let's start with that. Actually, a lot of lands. Yeah. yeah actually, a lot of lands make tokens. So Den of the Bugbear stands out right away. Uh, this is a fantastic land, just like defining card and pioneer. For each of these cards, we have to read super carefully and like figure out... <laughs> what, what happens to the token? Yeah, so if I understand Den of the Bugbear correctly, when you fire it up, you will get a goblin token tapped and attacking. Yeah. Ginny Faye will replace that goblin with a cat or dog, but it will be tapped and attacking. Yes. So that's actually pretty good. Yeah. That's giving the dog pseudo haste in most scenarios. Similarly, I really like the red channel land, Sakenzin, Crucible of Defiance. Um, it costs four to channel it. You get two colorless spirit tokens, then they separately gain haste. So like we talked about with Ginny Fey, you'll channel it, make two cats or dogs, then they will gain haste. And I think that's actually pretty good. Ginny is a legend, so they'll reduce the cost on your Sakenzin. Yeah. So you're going to have three mana, six power with haste, which is pretty insane. That's the kind of thing that like you want to have in the deck, but you don't want to pay too high of a deck building cost to play like raise the alarm effects. So like the, if you can get that out of your mana base, that'll be amazing. 
And I'm imagining a deck with like Ren and Six, Ragavans, like a bunch of legends so that I can actually channel this for like three or two and just do it a bunch of times. He's slowly pulling everybody into Bardclass. He keeps saying Bardclass words, Ren and Six, Legends, Ragavan. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about like uh, Colony Garden? You mentioned that or Gingerbread Cabin. Chisarer Cabin alongside its close cousin Dwarven Mine are also pretty amazing because if you play a Shinifei on turn 4, you can have like, play your Shinifei, fetch, get a 3-1, and then you can play... What's the next card to come? So I'm gonna hold spoilers for a second because I think it's probably one of the most fun cards with Shinifei. With that spare mana. What, the Birdred Cow? No, no, <laughs> no not the Birdred Cow. Not the Birdred Cow. <laughs> It's never the Battle Cow. <laughs> Mugak is a relic of the past, but it was such a good name. Mugak. Mugak was such a good name to the Fistil Troll King deck. It was the best part about the deck, actually. Well, I put Barter Cow here with the lands just because I wanted to remind you that it exists. And we're never going to cast it, so... Right, but like, let's say you were working with Underworld Cookbook, which is a great way to make a exactly. token of return. All of a sudden, you get two tokens. If you had a bunch of effects like that in the deck, yeah, Barter Cow gives you an extra cat or dog now, so might be worth a look. Exactly. And then we have a card that seems borderline unplayable nowadays, but works amazingly well with Shinifei, which is Devastating Summons. <laughs> okay. What's going on here? So, Devastating Summons reads, it's a one red mana... Is it an instant or a sorcery? I'm gonna guess a sorcery. Sorcery? Yeah, sorcery. As an additional cost, sacrifice any number of lands, and you get two XX elemental creature tokens, where X is the amount of lands you sacrificed, and then those tokens gain haste. So, as we said before, the fact that those tokens gain haste afterwards means whatever you create with Shinifei is gonna have haste, and you can just pay one red mana, sacrifice nothing, and Shinifei is going to transform those zero zero elementals into 3-1 dogs or 2-2 two, two cats that are going to get haste. So Just a quick correction, Devastating Summons does not give haste. Oh. You may be thinking of like Goblin Bushwhacker, because that's often paired with Devastating oh, Summons right. in order to give them haste. But you could, you could do that. I mean, you could play these together with Shinifei in the deck. Yeah, but the important thing is, if you go, like, for example, you want to make sure you're going to get some value out of Shinifei, the turn it resolves. If you're playing, like, a Dorberman mana base, which is maybe too utopical, you can go Shinifei, Fetchland, Devastating Summons, get three dogs. So for four mana, you're getting 12 power on the board. Yeah, and if you need the haste, I mean, the cats do have haste. If you choose cats, you get, you get haste. You could get nine power and get in for six. Devastating Summons... I mean, there are not that many cards that make two tokens for one mana, but we already mentioned two of them, Devastating Summons and Hard Evidence. Hard Evidence is probably just like the better of the two. Yeah. Just because when you don't have Jenny Fey, it's like a plausible card. But it's just so cool that like Jenny Fey doesn't care what the original token was, right? Like a clue and a crab becomes two. <laughs> two of Exactly. I think that's the most intriguing part because if it requ required human tokens or such, this would be such a less, a much more boring card because the avenues to success would be so fewer. But here we have a million possibilities in what are those tokens going to be. Other one drops. Gilded Goose stands out right away, right? That brings along a food. So much like Thrape Inspector or Valderan Epicure, you're going to get that immediate 
bonus creature. And then Gilded Goose for just two mana can make another food, which yeah. becomes actually a pretty good deal. Yeah, two mana make a three one. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. Any love for Koldata Rebirth, or is that like a bridge too far? I think we just require too much setup when we get into Kuldotha, right? Unless, actually not that much, because Kuldotha Rebirth works amazingly well with Poldar and Epicure and Thraven Inspector, which also work amazingly good with Shinifei, yeah. which all work pretty well with Loxodon something. Yeah, Venerated Loxodon, that. yeah. I'm also interested in like Flare Husk. I mean, and that's that's not great, but that's living weapon, so you yeah. will get either a three three haste or a four two for just one mana. Inquisitive Puppet's kind of intriguing. It exiles itself to get a one one, but you can like do that whenever you want. Um there's some weird stuff you can do. I think more likely we're gonna be talking about Ragavans and cookbooks and such. <laughs> I think that's gonna be yeah. Which is Soven, I I looked into it, but it's not that good because which is so, and what it does is it gives protection to your creatures, to your cats and dogs, because whenever they would die, you just sacrifice to get another one. That's good. That's really good. Right? So, Witches Oven, tap, sacrifice a creature, get a food, becomes tap, sacrifice a creature, get a cat or a dog. So, sack a dog, get a dog. Unless you have a way to pump those dogs, and then you're doubling with every tap. Oh. Okay. oh no, it's toughness, no? right? No. It's toughness, right? You're gonna draw in my dreams like this. You need to sacrifice a creature toughness for No, my dreams. Two. No, I hate it. <laughs> well, imagine you had like two regal caracals in play that give your cats plus one plus one. Imagine you have two Leylands of the Meek. What if you're playing Coat of Arms and then you're <laughs> playing scurry oak for like an infinite combo oh so yeah every time you get a new token it causes the scurry oak to evolve again and make another token <laughs> and the coat of arms is pumping them so that it just keeps on happening <laughs> okay that now we're <laughs> now we're getting to the deep dreams uh witches oven we're on witches oven sorry yeah i mean the awkward thing about witches oven is that you can't make the cat combo you would typically pair that with culture familiar right yeah and if you have shiny fade that combo doesn't work. Yeah, you'll you'll run out of food at a certain point if you have Jenny Faye replacing all of your food generation with cat generation. But it's optional, right? If you really need the food back, you, you don't have to use Jenny Faye. Yeah. So maybe which is so plus cat um deserve the spot in the deck as a plan as a as a way of having two plans, right? You either have the plant cat the cat plan or you have the Jenny Faye plan with the oven. You can decide which is better on its own. To round out the one drops, Ragavan making treasures, Underworld Cookbook making food, Thraben Inspector, Voldaren Epicure. We've mentioned these before because these are probably the absolute best cards to just like start a good Jenny Fade deck. Yeah. Alright, moving on to two mana. Well, we have what discussed we discussed a few seconds ago Wave Sifter, which is two mana, make two tokens, or in the late game it's actually quite amazing if you just hard cast it like a five mana three two that brings in two additional tokens, two additional bodies can be pretty amazing. I love that. I mean, that that sounds great for like grinding. Although <laughs> that's always the dream; it never plays out that way. It never plays out that way. But that's a dream. Then we have one of my favorite cards, which is Lonis. Yeah, the cryptozoologist. So whenever another creature, non-token creature, unfortunately, enters the battlefield, you investigate with Genie Fey. Instead of just getting a clue, you can get a snazzy new cat or dog. 
And what's so great is like that's the immediate trigger. That's what Jenny Faye by herself does not have that immediate value. So we'd love to find some way to essentially get an ETB trigger out of Ginny Faye. Yeah. And Lonus can do that. Um, other creatures that can do that, Elvish Warmaster, Golog Readers. Actually, Golog Readers is cute because like you'll get like an extra trigger if you just choose a treasure the first time. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I think likely what I love about Lonis is how well it works with the other one drops. Like if you can just go Lon- with the Thraven Inspector and the Voldaren Epic, you're right. Like it goes really off the handle really fast. Like just Lonis plus Thraven make two clues or Lonis plus Voldaren Epic, you're a, a clue and a blood. And if you have the Shini just getting double tokens, that is just an instant board. Lonis making a clue works with a caddy manufacturer. So like there's starting to get like a little more density on these synergies. Yeah, I can see that coming together. All right, we already mentioned Jadar, the ghoul caller of Nefalia, everyone's favorite. Uh, I kind of like Magda Brazen Outlaw. I know that card's not great, but that gives you, again, the option to like immediately get something when you attack with a Magda. Yeah, thing is, you never Magda never attacks. No? She doesn't make it. Well, we've got a Springleaf Drum in play. We've got Magda, we've got Amara, okay. like Solo Accord or whatever to like tap these and get tokens. And we just go and we just try to double our tap tokens and we just start actually playing a free flame painter deck with Meg. Yeah. Yeah, okay. See, we're doing it. We're it's, brewing this live. It's a deck within a deck. <laughs> it's a donut hole inside the donut hole. <laughs> God, what? Never seen that movie? What movie is this? Knives Out? I don't remember that line. I have seen it, but I don't remember that line. It's a, hmm. the, it's a donut hole inside the donut hole. It's a donut inside the hole. Not ringing any bells. Maybe you're re- not saying it right. Say it again. <laughs> I was looking for a hole inside the donut hole, but it wasn't. It was a donut inside the hole. <laughs> Best part about that movie is him going insane about donut holes while trying to crack the case. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. Oh boy! People are going to realize what I, that, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> this is your mistake. All right. There's also a bunch of cards for two mana. They make two tokens, right? Raise yeah. the alarm is what we mentioned. The best of this category is probably Verdant Command. Yeah. Just because you get the two tokens plus something else. I mean, that something else can range from mediocre to really relevant. It's like two tokens and three life, two tokens and exile a card from a graveyard, and two tokens and counter a loyalty ability from a planeswalker. Unfortunately, Verdict Command says create two tapped squirrel tokens, so you will get two tapped cats or dogs. Yeah. Because that's uh, that part is not replaced. Yeah, so the option to like immediately attack with two two haste cats is not available for Verdant Command, but that's okay. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes having the versatility of exciting like a Croxa or, I don't know, countering a Lily Plus or something like that can be more than relevant. Moving on to three mana, Academy Manufacturer stands out right away. Yeah. Um, a card you would likely have in a deck with these other cards, and we talked about replacement effects. You can make it work the way you want. Yeah, just get triple creatures with every trigger. Yeah. Uh, Adeline's pretty good. Adeline would let you, you know, go to combat, immediately attack, and get something. Um, the thing you get will be attacking. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's still bugged in MTGO, worth mentioning. Adeline cannot attack Prince Walkers, the token. Just leaving that out there for anybody to, for anybody to know. Chatter thing we already mentioned, similar to Academy Manufacturer, that increases your token output. So you just stack those the way you want, although it's not technically using the stack. But make sure it happens the way you want, and you'll get a whole boatload of cats and dogs. What about Chandra Accolade of Flame? That's like the aggro dream, right? Get six the machine and they sacrifice. It's like a lightning ball with every activation. So her zero says create two red elemental creature tokens. They gain haste. So we're going to get two cats or dogs. Dogs in this case. Because the cats, you know, yeah. are smaller. We don't need their haste. <laughs> two dogs. Then they gain haste. Sacrifice them at the next end step. So you still have to sacrifice them. That part is not replaced. Exactly. But it's still so much damage. That gets really big really fast. Chatterfang works as a less bad on its own, but le higher floor, lower ceiling academy manufacturer. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, instead of giving you three times the tokens, it gives you double the tokens at the expense of being a 3-3 three -three on its own, that whenever you are working with any sort of token, it will also double it. Like playing Chatterfang fairly is a lot easier than playing academy manufacturer fairly. I'll mention Nissa Voice of Zendikar. This card is decent. You know, we see it sometimes in Red Green Transmogrify in Pioneer. Gives you a token on a plus one and the option to like minus two to buff your team. So you might put Nissa and Ginny Fey together if you were in a lower powered format. I'm gonna try that in modern, but because I love Nissa. It it was my <laughs> first place it was my first place walker. I cannot love her. I didn't know it was your first place walker. I think it might have been the first card I actually like got a playset. Okay. Pretty likely. Well, nostalgia trip. Um, the card you should be playing instead of Nissa is probably Season Pyromancer. This is just one of the good cards, much like <laughs> Regavan. A good card that makes tokens. Exactly. So going back to that initial question of like, do you just want to build a good deck that happens to work with Ginny, or do we want to build a dedicated Ginny deck? Exactly. Followed by that, we have like on the same side, Heroic Reinforcements, which is only amazing with Ch with Chini and an unplayable draft card without her. <laughs> is it unplayable? I mean, this card is actually like... <sighs> it's not that bad, is it? Heroic Reinforcements? Make make two one ones, keep them haste, everything gets plus one, plus one. Your entire team gets plus one, plus one yeah. in haste. So imagine you had like that Dwarven Mine we were talking about. <laughs> and the Travel Inspector, Sunday, Volran Epic Girl, like rushing in. Okay. <laughs> I think the problem with Heroic is we're not playing an aggro enough of a deck to, for like it to be a good finisher in its own. Hmm. The decks that like tend to want Heroic Reinforcements usually don't want 4 mana cards that are like so conditional. Exactly. But it does a lot of damage. It's like better than it looks. It does a lot of damage. Any love for Payless Plunderer, the EDH combo star? I think it's one of the most interesting ideas. The fact it can just go infinite alongside Shinife and any sacrifice outlet is at least worth the the interact worth the look or at least the testing, right? Peter is planning and Shinife both creatures that are really easy to find via any creature tutor, which we have a million in the format like Eladam Riscall. And then you're just missing any payoff that can sacrifice in order to get infinite sacrifice. I think it's at least worth the look. It will also be really fun to play this alongside another. Maybe you just play this in like a sort of two-card Monty with Goblin Bombardment, Altar, four Safi, four Rallier, four Pitiless Plunder, and four um, Shini. 
Sustualing creature combos. Pitiless Plunderer is an uncommon from Rivals of Ixalan, three in a black human pirate. Whenever another creature you control dies, you get a treasure. And because it doesn't say another non-token creature, it just says whenever another creature, there's all kinds of infinite loops available. Yeah. And if you happen to play this Ixalan block draft and just like have a bunch of bulk sitting around, go look for these. They're they're expensive. They're like 12 People bucks. I love these in EDH. Yeah. They're worth a lot. So instead of getting a treasure when a creature dies, we'll just get another creature when a creature dies. And just go infinite with that. Might be worth trying. <laughs> the last card I have marked, because I think this is so cute. I, I never even, I don't know this card, which is shocking, because I didn't know cards at least. You don't know Endrixar Master Breeder? <laughs> I would have remembered a card with the Master Breeder title. Endrixar Master Breeder was in all of the flavor text from Fallen Empires, which was, I think, the first set that I played. That was the current set when I started playing Magic. Um, Endrixar Master Breeder, four and a black, two-two human wizard. It's a legend. Whenever you cast a creature spell, create X one-one black thrill creature tokens where X is the mana value of the spell you cast. So you get a bunch of thrills whenever you cast a creature. And then Endrick says whenever you control seven or more thrills, you have to sacrifice Endrick because the thrills got out of control. <laughs> just kind of like the running gag in the Fallen Empire's flavor text. <laughs> yeah, this is a very funny story, the sad tale of Endrixar. With Ginny Faye, you know, if only they'd had partnered up back in the day, right? Like she could just <laughs> convert those thrills into cats and dogs and Endric can just keep spitting out thrills to his heart's content. Just get cats and more cats and more cats and never cats will never overrun you. Thrills will. If there were any two cards I could just like slap a partner onto them, I would want it to be Endric and Ginny Fey. Like, <laughs> it's so sad to me that you can't play Endric in a Ginny Fey deck. And vice versa. play Ginny Fey in an Endric deck. Yeah. Yeah, that's They're a... made for each other. They're the perfect match. All right, enough nonsense. If you want to see the full list, uh, this is in our show outline, which is available to all of our patrons as a little extra content. But enough of that nonsense. Let's actually look at some lists. Starting with established lists, uh, there are almost none to speak of. There's one. There's one. <laughs> Zero published 5-0s in Pioneer, one 5 in Modern. So... As much as we love Jenny Faye, like we're in uncharted territory here. I mean, we have this 5-0, and besides that, it's up to us to add any any other. So tell us about the only 5-0 with Jenny Faye. So the only 5-0 has been by Merin Moon, a content creator that's known for playing off-meta or tier 2 decks. And clearly this is something right down her alley. So we, we are featuring a deck that has four relics of the past in the form of Path to Exile, <laughs> four Gather the Townsfolk, four Raise the Alarm, four Bird and Command, four Lingering Souls, four Spectral Procession, four Legion Standing, four Intangible Beardew, four Venerated Loxodon, and three Shiny Fey. This deck is nothing if not square in the fact that it plays every single 2-1-1 token creator in the, in the whole game. Okay, not every single one, every single playable one. Not even playable. Garrett Townsfolk is not playable, but it goes to the extent of finding the, the closest thing to playable it can. I'm impressed by the mana base here. Like, I did not think you could play Spectral Procession and Ginny Fey in the same deck. But this, this deck does it. You can if you dream enough. Spectral Procession 
is like two or white three times. So like white, white, white cast it, but white, white, white does not cast Jenny Faye. You need some weird stuff. You need like, there's an Indatha Triome here in the, in the mana base. I think, I think you can make the mana base work because Jenny Faye is white, green, green. So as long as all your lands tap for white, you can even afford to have a planes and be safe. The one thing I don't like about this decklist is the fact that it has an overgrown tomb over a godless shrine. There's both. There's one of each. Okay, I would just stream away the god- the overgrown tomb. I think two black sources is enough. Well, what if I I need to like get my black to flashback lingering souls and also prepare myself for Jenny Fay, which needs two green. I mean, unless you have your planes on board, every single other land should tap for the lovely green. Well, no, but every land taps for white. We already... Yeah, but all the lands besides the forest and the goddess shrine tap for white. Sorry, and all the lands besides the plains and the goddess shrine tap for green. Hmm. So everything taps for both white or green except three or four lands. Which hmm. is the most important part, I think. So cards that I like here, Venerated Loxodon is actually quite good. Um, Legion's Landing is great. Intangible Virtue is essential in any token generating strategy. Plus one, plus one, and Vigilance is an insane power for only two mana. Yeah, that works so well with the Convoke mechanic of Venerated Loxanon, unless you swing in the air yeah. and then still use them to cast the Loxanon. Legion's Landing has always been an ulster of this sort of thing. One mana, get a token that then becomes a token generator that ramps you in mono white. Yeah, imagine if you're just like cranking out cats and dogs at three mana per activation. Exactly. Like, that's pretty good. Techlord Procession has a really good trade. Like, it's it has always been the most efficient tokens producer in the game, Techlord Procession, as long as you can pay for it. So, we see what this deck is trying to do, right? It's, like, very straightforward. But is this the correct way to finish the list? Um, is this the only way to do it? I don't think this is the only way you can go, right? So, Emmy, you've got an alternate build here. Yeah, so I... Tensing the mana is almost nothing. I went ahead and added a playset of a card I just love, and it's probably a bad idea, but that won't stop me, which is Leyland of the Meek. Leyland of the Meek from the first, I think the first cycle of Leylands. Maybe the mm-hmm. second one. I think it's the first. Creature tokens get plus one, plus one. So, why am I playing just a terrible card? Because I need additional ways to justify my devastating summons. Maybe it should just be the White Force, now that I think about it, because I forgot that card existed. I mean, you could play both. That way the White Force can pitch a ley line of the meek that you draw later in the game. You just play 12. Maybe playing 12 pump enchantments is not insanity. But then this gives you devastating summons, means devastating summons with a ley line of the meek or intentional virtue is a one-mana raise the alarm, right? It is. So it gives you the possibility of playing this card in a fair way, even when you don't have the Shiny Fey. And when you have the Shiny Fey, it's just insane. You know, if I were playing a lot of Leyline the Meek, I would almost want to play Springjack Shepherd, <laughs> like instead of Elspeth. <laughs> Is that crazy? For my devotion to white, my Chroma to white, I should say. <laughs> Your Chroma. Zero one goats. And like, I'll have a Legion's Landing in play. I'll have a Force of Virtue, maybe a Leyline of the Meek. That's a dream. Maybe I have a Border Post. <laughs> A relic of the past, Spring Shack Shepherd. When Devotion didn't exist and we had Chroma. 
as much as I like devastating summons with Jenny Fay, like if all it's doing is creating two cats and dogs, like any number of cards can do that. Yeah. And I'm a little bit worried that devastating summons doesn't have any other synergies. Like it's not here with Bushwhacker, it's not here with Seagate Stormcaller, which are like a little more powerful. And if not, I think we can just leave the deck as Smarin did. I think it only requires a few changes to the mana base. And I think to some of the numbers, I don't think Path to Exile is a playable modern card. I would rather just Plastro to play a Bolt or something. I don't think Gather the Downsfolk is a modern playable card. So I, you got to try and find some replacements in there. And if you have five life or less, though, <laughs> you gather, like, assemble the townsfolk of cats and dogs. It's a town full of dogs. Imagine you top like that, and of a sudden you're swinging for ten. But I never saw it coming. There's a light behind you, that... Is this Death Shadow? Is this... There's a light behind you getting brighter and brighter. You have been overtaken by the light. The sun is setting behind me right now. It's It's Friday evening, it's a golden evening, and, like... These ideas are just so powerful, so radiant. <laughs> it's the perfect time to like propose the next deck. I mean, if I was going to build a deck <laughs> from scratch, right? Show us the inspiration the light has given you. If I was going to build a Genie deck from scratch, I would probably start with Underworld Cookbook, Ragavan, and like maybe Gilded Goose, let's say. Right? Okay. So I would be in Modern because I need Ragavan and Cookbook. Right? Like, I just need those cards. Yeah. I get to play Academy Manufacturer because all three of those cards I mentioned, Goose, Ragavan, and Cookbook, work with Manufacturer. I'm going to play Asmo alongside Cookbook. The other card I'm going to play is Rocco Cabaretti Caterer. Such a wood card. <laughs> I'm so glad you support me on this. Like, I will always I'm, like, su- nervous as I say this. No, no, I will always support the Rocco Dream. Like you got, you got me on Rocco. I don't have to like defend Rocco, no. but like it might it might just be terrible. No, 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 We can we can both decide that together. We're in the same boat. People in our Discord who have tried Rocco have warned me that it's not very good. I don't care. <laughs> I will have to. Nevertheless, s- I'm gonna fight that battle and lose on my own. Okay, what is Rocco? It's the it's the uncommon legend from the Cabaretti Guild. X red green white three one elf druid. When it enters a battlefield, if you cast it. Oh, actually, that kind of sucks. Yeah, it doesn't work with Gogo. If you cast it, you get to ser- <laughs> you get to search for a creature mana value X or less, put it on the battlefield, then shuffle. So you can choose X equals zero. That's kind of cute. And that is just enough. <laughs> zero is just enough to get Asmora and Amartica Dice and a Kuldakar, Good. who we are already playing because of the cookbook. So you get the chef and the caterer. Perfect kitchen. <laughs> Beat Bobby Flay. I don't know what's going on here. Some kind of cook-off show. And then you get the guests. She didn't face the guests. And then you get the guests. Right, so my initial thought, which actually doesn't work now that I'm looking at this, is that because I'm already playing Academy Manufacturer, Rocco, and Jenny Faye, that's a bunch of three drops that work with Collected Company, so I should play for Collected Company. The fact that Rocco does not work with Company is giving me a little bit of pause. Um, but to round up my three drop slot, I would also play a couple of Season Pyromancer, a Chatterfang, and maybe I just needed like change the numbers and not play so many Roccos. I still want some Roccos, but maybe I don't need four. <laughs> or maybe not four collective company. You gotta play four. If you're playing any company, you gotta play four company. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and you're playing Season Pyro Master really like company. Just imagine company hit Shinny Fate plus Season Pyro on your opponent's sense step, make an instant huge board. It's like 11 power. 
So I have like a few slots left in the deck. Right now I've penciled in two Volder and Epicure to give me a little more discard outlets to cast Asmo and two Prosperous Innkeeper, which is just like an okay card, right? It brings a treasure, which can be a cat or a dog or works yeah. with a manufacturer. Um, I don't have a ton of interaction. I basically just have the Asmos for that. <laughs> Question marks in my head are like, do I need more interaction? Like, should I be trying to find that in the mana base? Like most cookbook decks are Urza Saga's X. And like, that's not the best land to play with cards like Ginny Faye and Rocco. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if like sh- I should be doing Urza Saga and like a minor Saga package or not. Similarly, if I'm doing cookbook, like, do I want Oval Chase Daredevil? It's such a good card with cookbook, but... It's so bad without it. It's bad without it, and with Ginny in play, you actually lose that synergy because yeah. you're, you're no longer getting artifact tokens. You're getting cats and dogs, which are not artifacts. I just... When interactions cancel other interactions, it gets you in such a weird spot. Yeah. This probably just, like, won't come up, right? Like, if it comes yeah. up, you're probably fine. But yeah, like, there's options. Just, like, finishing out the last slots. I, I noted that, like, one way you could build a mana if you didn't want Urza Saga is, is you could play Gingerbread Cabins. You could just play all forests, and then you might be incentivized to play Ren and Six instead of Prosperous Innkeeper, for example. You could splash, like maybe you feel like you have enough confidence to splash blue, then you can play Lona's Cryptozoologist to go with your manufacturers. Maybe you want Street Race. Maybe if you don't trust Oval Chase Daredevil, you play Squee Goblin Nabob, the classic, right? <laughs> I'm not sure. You can't say no to Lonis. Besides, if we play enough Lonis, we can convince ourselves it's good and then playing with Getaway Car and Men Might. <laughs> All right, we we are going to have that getaway car week, the one we talked about. <laughs> we can convince ourselves that's playable, even if we don't care. Even if I don't think so, I can convince myself. Besides, I just love Lonis. Make everything a thriving inspector. Excellent. So you bought a Lonis deck, right? Tell me about your, your build. So I have a pretty similar build. Instead of Collected Company, I have an Earth to get back my stuff. I have four Charter Fang. For Shini, for Academy Manufacturer, for Lonis, for Asmo, for Ether Bias to help both as a way to curve into my three drops plus a way to play Asmo, and for cookbooks. It's a similar style of deck, but yeah. like you're actually in Sultai colors where I was in Naya colors. So, like, very, very different colors. Yeah, I'm trying to go hard into an Earth plus cookbook helping me. Bial, I think it's going to be really useful. The fact you can go through one Bial Asmo is huge. I didn't really think about the Unearth Cookbook interaction, right? Like, so you have two different ways to like cheat in a really valuable creature. Yeah. Turn one, Vile, Slam, Asmo. Turn one, Cookbook, discard, three drop, Unearth it on turn two. Exactly. And then, like, maybe Ginny Faye is in play on turn two, and that's actually a lot more exciting. No, and you have the insane hands, like, for example, go in turn one, Cookbook, and step, discard, Manufacturer, turn two, Unearth the Manufacturer, and just activate the Cookbook on your opponent's step and start going off. I have seen Spike going stuff like turn one cookbook into turn two manufacturer, play Asmo with the black mana, get a second cookbook, use the treasure, use the cookbook, discard the cookbook, um, discard again, and just. By the end of the second turn, they have an Asmo, a manufacturer, two clues, two foods, and a treasure. So you feel like this is enough ways to cast Asmo? I mean, you got four Asmos here, four cookbook, four vial, but you don't have any other discard outlets. Unearth cycles. No, that's true. Okay. 
maybe it's a number of street rates as well, maybe one or two extra modes, but I think this is borderline enough. Maybe two Rocos. <laughs> it's like, do you want do you want like Ledger Shredder just because it's like a decent card that's a discard outlet? I'm never playing Ledger Shredder without Mistrust Bubble, and I don't think this is a Mistrust Bubble deck. Ledger requires Mistrust Bubble almost definitely. At least in modern. And are you confident in Chatterfang? You got four here. I'm confident in Chatterfang because of how it allows you to get one once out of cookbooks and stuff like that, right? The power of Chatterfang is the fact you get one once always. You always it always plays to the board. There is some like infinite combo with Chatterfang, right? There's a few infinite combos with Chatterfang. None that I get like there was one which was let me uh which was it? So you had Manufacturer Chatterfang Oven Manufacturer Chatterfang Oven Sacrificing Features. It was using Chatterfang's ability with the treasures. Lonis, I think. Huh. Lonis. I can't think of it right now. It was like pretty convoluted, but it was using cards that would already be in the deck. It required Lonis, Chatterfang, Manufacturer, plus an extra, I think. And it allowed you to just get infinite. You need to sacrifice them for some reason, and I can't remember why, because I remember the black ability in Chatterfang being relevant. Also, Chatterfang has Forest Walk for some reason. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing against another Ginny Fey deck, they're going to have Forest. <laughs> this is the new meta for this month. We're just warning you now. <laughs> Get ready. Don't play Forest. Beware. <laughs> All right. Um, so we leave Modern briefly. Yeah. Take a look at Pioneer. Pioneer lower powered format where Jenny Fay maybe has an easier time making an impact. You won't have some of these exhilarating token makers like <laughs> Cookbook and Ragavan, but you can maybe build something playable. I mean, it's not as amazing, but... Yeah, so David gave us two lists to think about. The first one is a basic red-green token mid-range. Four Jasper Sentinel, three Magda Brazen Outlaw. So that's that spring leaf drum combo. Jasper Sentinel, one, two, reach, I think. For a green, you can tap another creature and itself to make a mana. Yeah. So that's a nice interaction from standard Jasper plus Magda. Four Prosperous Innkeeper, that's a little ramp card to our powerful four drops, and also works with Ginny. Four Bonecrusher Giants, just to be a decent card. Two Courier's Briefcase, similar to Prosperous Innkeeper. How do we win the game? Well... You're going to need some power. There's four Fable of the Mirror Breaker, four Asika's Chariot. Interesting thing about those is that they make 2-2 two, two tokens. Yeah. And, like, Jenny does not work super great with that. <laughs> Upgrading a Fable of the Mirror Breaker token into a cat or dog is not even an upgrade necessarily. No. Right? It's almost a downgrade. Yeah, but it's optional, right? So you can just keep the goblin token, and then whenever that attacks, it gives you a treasure, which becomes a cat or a dog. So like that's that's nice. P and Kiran, though, those are one ones. Yeah, P and Kiran. There's actually two copies of Jaxus the Troublemaker. This is a really interesting card. It has Blitz for one and a red, and it's amazing with Chariot. So the interaction here. Let me just make sure I understand this. Three and a red for a 2-3 Legend Human Warrior. Blitz for two. Red, tap, discard a card. Create a token that's a copy of another target creature you control. It gains haste, and when this creature dies, draw a card. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. Activate as a sorcery. 
So with Ginny in play, I activate Jaxus. I create a token that is actually not a copy of another creature I control. It's just a cat or a dog if I want it. Yeah. Then that's going to gain haste. It's going to gain the sacrifice, death claws, etc., etc. But with Gin- well, with Chariot, what you can do is activate the Chariot, Jaxus, copy the Chariot, attack, and because it's a it's a token, the token that's going to die on end step dies, you get to draw a card, and you keep the new one. So you get six cuts, out of, six tokens out of the deal. Yeah, similar to that Sahili Rai copying chariot interaction. This exact same interaction, but you also draw a card with the Shaxis, because the one with bleeds dies. Yeah, but you did discard a card, so it's yeah. not like all profit. But it's interesting. Um, yeah, that's cute, actually. That might come up. One Goldspan Dragon, one Bootlegger Stash, and one Ember Cleave. I mean, Goldspan and Bootlegger Stash, that's a lot of cats and dogs if you can pull those off. I think Goldspan might just be, like, actually great. The thing with Bootleggers is the fact that you can get it with Magda. If you ever get up to five treasures... I suppose. So then you can just get the Bootlegger Stash. If you have Ginny in play, you just make a bunch of haste cats immediately. Yeah. That's kind of cute. That's kind of cute. Could be nice. I was thinking, like, if I were in a modern deck with Gingerbread Cabin and Shape Anew, like, what's the best artifact I can get? Maybe Bootlegger Stash it's is likely. the best artifact I can get. Yeah. I think it's always well a Citadel, though. <laughs> well, but I want that synergy oh, with Ginny Fay. I want that value. Last deck list, again in Pioneer. Green-white tokens. So, similar concept to what we were discussing with the modern version. In Pioneer, you don't have quite enough token makers, so you're you're kind of left playing additional stuff that isn't actually a token maker. Four Elvish Mystic, four Llanowar Elves, four Raise the Alarm, four Join the Dance. This makes two tokens at sorcery speed, flashback for five, so that's actually kind of interesting. Yeah. Four Nyssa, four Jenny Fay, excuse me, four Nyssa, three Jenny Fay, three Wedding Announcement, four Venerated Loxodon, three Conclave Tribunal, one Secure the Wastes, one Amara Soul of the Accord, one Legion's Landing, two Conclave Mentor. I kind of like Conclave Mentor here. I didn't understand it at first. This is the green-white Winding Constrictor Harden yeah. Scales effect. But you have both Venerated Loxodon and Nyssa's minus two okay. to potentially put a bunch of counters on your team. Mm, I think that's... If you're already putting counters in many creatures, you tend to be ahead yeah, but like they're not dead till they're dead, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nisa with Sendikar is the best card, though. Yeah. The, the note we have here is, Turn 1 Elf is powerful, Wedding Announcement is bad, but maybe we can make it okay. <laughs> Nissa is the best card here by a mile. So, ominous, ominous. perhaps, for this thing. Kind of ominous. But, I mean, anything that has Nisa with Sendikar makes me happy, so I cannot complain about that. But I wedding announcement, I just can't get my hands on that card ever. Like whenever I say wedding announcement, I'm like, really? Are we sure about this? Should we do this? It's a card that's like good enough for standard and almost okay in some situations in Pioneer and Historic. So it has like pedigree in like Mythic Championships Pro Tours, but it hasn't quite broken into Pioneer in a convincing way yet. We've seen it in like mid-range piles. I think we did a week on it actually. Um, but I think David is right to be cautious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
All right, we're only scratching the surface right now. I mean, between the green-white dedicated token decks, the food engine decks, right? we haven't even talked about like classic food with Witch's Oven. I think that would be another option to explore. Yeah. Or the combos with Witless Plunder. Yeah, the Pitless Plunderer combo. I'm intrigued by Bard class. I know that Kilgore Trout, who proposed this card, has been playing it to good success in Glimpse of Tomorrow. That's like another deck that has a powerful A plan that wouldn't mind having a Ginny in play. I don't know like whether Ginny actually upgrades the deck or if it's just like a fun thing you can do, but he's been sending some spectacular screenshots <laughs> on the Discord. Yes. The token space is vast, and we're definitely going to need uh, the full month to make sense of what exactly Ginny can do. And find the best plans of action for it. Are we just going to pump up a lot of one ones and make them bigger, or are we just hoping our clues are, are good dogs? <laughs> All right, I think that's probably where we should leave it for now. What do you think, Emmy? I think so. I think we had enough. Enough ideas for a day and a lot to work with for the next few weeks alongside the Serum Vision Scan. And hopefully alongside all of you, if you're following along and you have like the perfect token idea, please let us know exactly. Get at us. We are on Twitter at FaithlessMTG. And if you want to come jump on the Discord, get in on the action and come brew with us, you can find that at our Patreon. We would love to have you there. Yeah, exactly. So have a nice night, everybody. Bye! Decklists for this episode can be viewed at our homepage, faithlessbrewing.com, and tune in next week for our testing results. Support for this podcast is provided by brewers like you. If you like what we do, you can join our community at patreon.com slash faithlessbrewing for Discord access, bonus content, and more. That's all for today. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time.